As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey there, friends. You're tuned into episode 87 of Gamer Heroes, the weekly show where we talk about news, reviews, and anything else happening in games today. My name is Cam Koenig, and with me, as always, is my boy, Thomas Egan. Thomas, how you doing? What up? I am yeah. good. That's good. Glad to hear it. Um, just uh, before we get going here, uh, we're on Spotify now. Uh, you should totally listen to us on Spotify. Please listen to us on Spotify. That'd be great. What are we on? Uh, we're on Spotify. Uh. Uh, but also, if you are on like Apple Podcasts or anything with a rating system, uh, if you guys uh, give us any sort of rating, just let us know what you think of the show. Hopefully it's good. If it's not, let us know. We'll, we'll take that L graciously. But uh, any, any sort of ratings or anything will help the show. So we would really appreciate that if you can contribute to our Patreon or financially or anything. That would, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Thomas, uh, what you been playing? Uh, I have been playing, uh, of course I've been playing Apex, but I have been playing The Surge. Uh, I played it the other night at our weekly event, uh, probably two-ish hours of it. So The Surge is a game that came out in 2017. I watched some gameplay of actually about as much as I played. You know, I, I watched that closer to when it came out. Um, it's a difficult game. It's basically a sci-fi Dark Souls kind of game. You yeah, know, it, it looked really cool like a dystopian cybernetic future kind of thing yeah it's uh it's not like spooky but it's it's more like dead space meets uh dark souls more than anything you've okay. got like an exosuit uh you're kind of fighting zombie people in other mech suits you're fighting like robots and stuff uh but it does your traditional dark souls things of you kill an enemy you get some currency uh you use that currency to level up and all this stuff, um, you know, when you die, you drop it, you can run back and get it, but if you die before you pick it up, then it's lost forever. Uh, so your typical formula, but uh, the the sci-fi elements I'm really into, It's it's got a combat mechanic where when you're fighting, at least humanoids, you can target individual body parts, and so you can see if they are armored or unarmored. You will obviously do more damage to an unarmored part, so if, mm-hmm. if their right leg doesn't have any armor on it, You'll do more damage. You'll kill them more quickly. Uh, but what you 
do. So you've got the currency you get for defeating enemies, and then you can attack specific armored body parts. And if you do enough damage to them, you do this really brutal finishing move where you literally chop that body part off. It is yeah, that, that game looked a little... It uh, is it, it looked very, like a little bit yeah, much. Yeah, uh, uh, I got used to it after a little bit, but boy, the first time... I, I told you I was streaming it, mm-hmm. uh, and I posted the link a couple places online, and I chopped off that guy's head right at the beginning, and I was just like, oi, 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 I gotta put a content warning on this thing. I can't have people just walking into this. Yeah, it was it was kind of a sudden thing, because I was just... Uh, I was over there playing... Uh, I was over there playing just probably Crypt of the Necrodancer or something, uh, and just kind of looking off the corner of my eye, seeing like your system just playing that. And I looked over and you just cut this dude in half at the torso. I'm like, what the fuck are you playing? It was Thomas? Intense. Yeah. Uh, it, it looked kind of neat. Uh, it, I kind of got some like corporations rule the world kind of almost cyberpunkish vibes from it. Mm-hmm. It, it, that, that world seemed kind of interesting from what the little I saw of it. Yeah, uh, so I, I won't spoil exactly what happens as soon as the game starts because mm-hmm. there's a, a, kind of a cool reveal that I, I, I... If I talk about the surge again next week, I'll spoil it and I'll give a little heads up, but I won't spoil it right now. Basically, you are this character. You go in to get this exosuit uh, from this corporation. It is supposed to augment you in a way that makes sense in the story, uh, but when you do it, it is clearly not what the main character thought he was getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty brutal, man. It, it's yeah. graphic. That, that there's a very beautiful but brutal cutscene where the exosuit is being put on, and just imagine a much more invasive uh, montage of Iron Man putting on a suit. Yeah, it is. That, I, oh, I don't like thinking. I had about to that. cover my eyes and peek through my fingers there. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, not for the faint of heart, cool game. I like the setting. The idea is like you put this exosuit on and then you basically pass out and you wake up and it's sometime in the future, even though the whole game's in the future Mm -hmm. and everything's just gone to shit. Everything is terrible. The world just is a disaster. I mean, it looks like the end of the world. Um, and yeah, and they're bad guys. So there's so much for me to discover. Uh, but I'm into it. The... Fighting the first boss, the first big robot boss I found, was a little clunkier than I wanted it to be. Some of it was me, some of it was the game. Uh, Definitely when I was looking around so you could attack specific body parts, right? Mm -hmm. My issue was I was looking at this robot and I wanted... I was looking at one of his little robot legs and I was trying to cycle over to another one. So I kept hitting right on the D-pad thinking that it would look like it would go the, to the one that is to the right when I'm facing it, mm-hmm. but it didn't. It was like cycling in a way that the game categorized it. So mm-hmm. it was basically moving clockwise Ooh, or yeah. counterclockwise uh, around. I can, see that how, I can see how that would be annoying for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I, I wanted to go to the right leg, but when I hit to the right, it went counterclockwise, which actually was to the left. And I was like, oh, this does not feel good. Mm-hmm. I can't control where I'm looking. Uh, but fighting all the little guys did feel good. Once I figured out the mechanics of it, once I f- realized that the armor I had created had to be equipped, uh, oh. the game got much better. <laughs> did not realize it wasn't equipped when just I running created around, it. Just starting stuff. Yeah, I was like, I don't look that much different. And I could check my inventory, but I just was not understanding that, that I had to do something else. Um, so that was definitely me kind of being foolish. But 
Uh, that said, it was a tiny bit esoteric, not quite as bad as Dark Souls mm-hmm. and, and Bloodborne, uh, which, which is a little confusing because it seems like it was a little bit by accident. Uh, but I enjoyed that game. It's definitely more interesting to me than my time with Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne. I played Dark Souls 1, I played a bunch into it, and I liked it, but I feel like I had my fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you I'm, feel like that's just because of the setting or uh, like just kind of that targeting mechanic? Because that does seem kind of interesting. To be honest, I think my biggest thing right there is it was Dark Souls 1 on the Xbox 360. It's an old game. If I had picked up the third one first, mm-hmm. I might be a little kinder. Uh, but it's already a franchise that I feel like I get it already. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've watched other people play it. I actually enjoy other people playing that more than me. Uh, but there's plenty of value to it, but I feel like I got it. I'm good. I'm good on that kind of game. Um, so I haven't given another one a shot in a while. So the Surge, uh, the combat just feels a little better to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's personal preference. I don't think it's technically better. Uh, it seems technically about the same. Because I've played like 10 minutes of Dark Souls 3. Uh, but yeah, it seems it seems like a quality enough game. It is totally free on PlayStation Plus, so instead of paying 60 bucks, yeah. I paid zero. As of this recording, at least, for the month of April 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this in the future, hello from the past. Yes. Uh, so that's free this month, and then Conan Exiles is also free. Somebody in our Facebook community said uh, that I should give that a shot. So I think I'm going to give that a shot uh, here this week at yeah, uh, Wednesday my, event. My girlfriend seemed really interested in checking that out. She actually just bought a PS4 pretty much just to play Red Dead 2, and... It was entirely because I wanted mine back because she was borrowing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, she's she's probably going to hop on PlayStation Plus and check that out. But that's cool. Yeah, the, the search seems really interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's something that I would necessarily get super deep into, mm-hmm. but it I really like just kind of the look and the style around it and just kind of the setting as a whole seems fucked up in the right way that I really like. Yeah, and as something I really enjoyed, it did a good job of teasing you with places you could go before mm-hmm. you got to them. Uh, and and games like that tend to be very good at that. Uh, like, I would get to an area where I had multiple ways to go, and it was like, oh, you want to go down here? You need to equip uh, a body. You need to equip body armor so you can turn on your flashlight. And so that's where I was confused, because I was like, I made body armor. Why is this not working? And it was like, oh, doy, I have to put it on. But uh, I, I saw that, and I was like, okay, I'll come back here later. Uh, there was a mini boss that was kind of hidden a tiny bit, uh, so I could choose to either fight it or skip it. Uh, but there were just other areas where I always felt like I had new places to go, and when I felt like I was strong enough um, with what I was doing, I always felt like I had somewhere to test my metal. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that did a good job. I mean, I found places where uh, it's like, oh, there's this ooze on the ground, and if I step in it, I get hurt. But it seems clear that I'm going to get an upgrade that allows me to go over there later. Sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just always felt like I had plenty of places to go. Um, I never felt lost. Uh, one time I did, but it was definitely my fault, not the game's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's there's just some cool stuff going on there. Uh, I'm interested to spend more time with it to see if this changes my mind on kind of the genre of super difficult fighters like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. I, I'm just happy that I can enjoy a sci-fi one like this. I think that is a... like there, uh, Sci-fi survival exists as a genre, but in this kind of setting, not really. Like, yeah. I see shooters, and there's stuff like uh, Darkest Dungeon, but that's, you know, that's like a... 
tactics game almost. Like, yeah, not yeah, really, yeah. but... Kind of roguelite-ish. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, turn-based, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't. I certainly don't see a lot of sci-fi horror in this, in, like, the physical combat uh, right. genre. Usually, you know, sword and shield. Mm-hmm. You obviously go to fantasy, you go to the past. Uh, you don't see a lot of, you know... I'm going to have basically this electric saber. Like, not quite a lightsaber, but kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see that a whole lot. So it's interesting. It just feels fresh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it looks uh, it looks really neat. I might I might check that out, but I also might not because I got a lot of other shit going on. Fair. Uh, you playing anything else? That been mostly it? Uh, no. Uh, really, okay. it's, it's Apex. That and Apex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing new to say except I'm um, enjoying constantly trying out new guns and new... Uh, I, I've spent a lot time, a lot of time, just dropping hot and fighting with mm-hmm. no regard for winning, and I've really been having a lot of fun with that. That's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something you can do with every group. So yeah, I think I'd hate it. I think I would hate that a lot. I, I think I like most that, people. I like would. that kind of slow build where I feel like I've got that like right kind of equipment or like mm-hmm. something where I feel prepared, and then I like the feeling of brief hope that cut short whenever I just get killed out of nowhere with all of my really high level shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just like it because I feel like I'm good enough now to win when I try, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I just want to straight up get better at fighting. And the best way to do that is to fight as as often as possible. Uh, so, like, if I hit the ground, you know, now I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with almost every gun in the game. Mm-hmm. Do not like the P2020. Uh, I actually don't like the Mastiff. The, really? The legendary. That's interesting. Yeah, because I'll hit somebody in the chest and it does less damage than the Peacekeeper. Like, you have to shoot somebody in the head to really to do what you're yeah, supposed to I, do. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the same how it was in Titanfall also, or Titanfall 2. Mm-hmm. It's really the only one I can speak to. But uh, the Mastiff sure feels cool to shoot. It does. Like, it, it's just got a... It's real satisfying. I think it's mm-hmm. probably, like, the most satisfying gun in the game to shoot, in my opinion, at least. But, man, it is not as effective as you want it to be. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. the pellets go in a straight line. So you have to, like, line it up kind of exactly right or, like, get them at an angle so, like, all of them eventually hit them if they're running that way or whatever. But Right. Uh, the only other thing... So, I, basically, I, I'm pretty much comfortable with every gun now. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to just get better with every gun. So now if I hit the ground and I'm comfortable with whatever I pick up, the idea is that I have a higher chance than your average sure. person of of actually winning fights at the beginning because I'm probably better with this random thing than the Mozambique that you picked up. Sure. Uh Speaking of that, I did the unthinkable, and yeah. I I got the winning kill of a game with the Mozambique. Oh shit! I'm, I got to clip it and put it online so I can prove bam, it. Bam, but bam, bam, bam. Dude, I straight up bewed like all of that <laughs> microphone. Uh, I I oh man, that's that that must be good. It was really cool. It was janky as hell. Uh, sure, and, and like it wasn't good. Yeah, um, but you know what? But you, I did it. You did I the wanted damn to do thing, it. Thomas. I carried a Mozambique that whole game just so I could try it, and I did it. You go, girl. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. So exciting! I'm moving up in the world. Hell yeah! Uh, I've been playing some Division Two. Uh, jumped on that after this past weekend, uh, where we kind of took a break. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play the Division Two. Uh, have not played near as much of it as I would like to. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I think the shooting feels all right. Uh, the like the AI and like the AI enemy stuff is really, really cool in a it's it's not doing anything I feel like that's super out of the ordinary or like super groundbreaking, but they're just doing how you would it's just how you would expect them to act 
but like intelligently like they will call out your position and like they will actively try to flank you and i i find myself using grenades in it a whole lot which i don't really use a whole lot of grenades in third person shooters i just kind of like fire shots until Mm -hmm. like they drop but i'm using like grenades to like flush them out of cover and like trying to actually get better at using the system to that game um they also will like if you pop out of cover momentarily, they will like have like trained eyes on you and just like start like just whittling down your health, which is really cool. I am not good at the division two right now, because uh, I'm I'm just tra- it's 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 having me break my kind of old habits of playing these third person shooters so much to where I can just like pop up and I have like a brief moment of reprieve while they kind of react to it a little bit and then mm-hmm. I can just like shoot them down. But they're already like trained and prepared, and it's really kind of a neat challenge. Um, and there's there's a lot in that game. Well, so what do you do? I mean, every time you pop up to shoot, you're just constantly taking bullets? Well, I'm also playing solo, which is kind of not how that game is. I'm, I'm really getting the vibe that that's not how that game was intended to be played. Based <clears> on <throat> the me. feedback I've seen around the internet, I think people agree with you. Sure, yeah. Um, they The AI in that game is just downright punishing uh, for... And I don't think it, it scales up for sure the more players you have, but if you have more players, which equates to like more tools at your disposal more resources then you can kind of outflank them and like kind of use that ai to their advantage which Mm -hmm. seems really cool i'm still looking for people to play online with i'm still like kind of a super low level where a bunch of my friends are just like okay well just like level up a few and then come join up with me and i'm like i can't level up if you don't play with me please play with me Mm -hmm. uh but i'm i'm really enjoying it so far i'm pretty excited to kind of just dive deep into it over the next few days and just kind of let let the games as a service feeling wash over me you know um it tonally the game's a little weird um like brown tones gray tones yeah and like just kind of story beats are kind of weird it's it's nothing you really haven't heard before it's very just like everything fell apart so we're like this this like almost police force kind of a thing or this like government agency that's like trying to bring everything back from the brink you know Um, I, i told josh this whole time so I haven't played a minute of mm-hmm. either game. Uh, I, this whole time, thought that The Division was referring to, like, oh, we're a division of, like, the old world. Like, we're a division, like an army unit. And, and that was kind of the idea of what the name was. And he's like, oh, no, it's like The Division, like, the people are divided. And I was like, oh, this suddenly makes sense. Is that what that comes from? That's what he said. They, they call you, like, a, a member, an agent of The Division in this game. Man, so, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it very, very much. Yeah, Josh, where are you at? Uh, it very much feels like you're just part of the government that fell apart, and you're like a sleeper agent that's been activated mm-hmm. to like take the country back. Essentially, uh, it's weird, um, but I, you also kind of like I'm. I'm willing to just kind of suspend like any sort of problems I have with that game's like politics or like tone or like story or anything just because it's just really fun to play like the, the, the loot grind is good discovering new areas there's no shortage of things to do that's for sure mm-hmm. um the like just kind of seamless matchmaking with like you can just walk through this area and somebody will just walk by and then you'll both like just like team up and take out a couple guys and then you'll just both be on your separate ways i think that's really neat i oh, i love that stuff like world pvp so to speak or like just world uh interactions with people sure is one of my favorite parts about online video games. Yeah. Uh, even like in World of Warcraft, some of the coolest stuff, like just just some of the most unique experiences were small little things where you're out in the world and you have some small, really not very meaningful interaction with somebody, but because you were able to do that spontaneously, 
uh, is very interesting. Like right. in, in World of Warcraft, you you might meet in, in a, a team of the opposing faction, right? So you can't even type to each other because on each other's screens, it appears as gibberish. Mm-hmm. So like when you find a way to even team up across a faction, like you and somebody else who might be a low level for the area you're in might just try to emote to each other to communicate and go in and you can't share loot because you're not in a party. You're not even in the same faction. But you can figure out the system, how you can help each other progress through this area and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that I always remembered because it was was such a, like you had to work a little bit to get it done, but it wasn't because the system wasn't good. It was that out in the world, you're creating your own story. Sure, I feel like uh, Journey was kind of, at least in my mind, the game that really just kind of made this I don't really know how to describe it, like just kind of like background multiplayer in a way, like just this kind of like matchmaking in the background and just like bringing somebody into your instance or like sharing that instance briefly. And and the important part there is that they're not necessarily a friend. Like in Journey, you couldn't matchmake, like you sure, couldn't just invite. Happened. There's no option to invite to your game. Someone just came in, you had no control over who sure. it was. And you couldn't even see their name. There's no like yeah, name. It, it told you the name at the end of the game. It's just like, hey, these are the people you played with. And if they were gone, they were just gone. And right. It, it uh, hurt. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it really did. And uh, that was just such a unique thing because you both are total equals to each other. Seriously. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was kind of a neat thing where you just like it, it makes the world feel a little bit more lived in because I like what this game is doing that some games don't really do is where they're just like, hey, you are an agent of the division, but you're not the only person in this world. But the game is still multiplayer and there's clearly other players. There's like narrative reason for other players to exist in this world, which I think is really kind of nice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think some games might just fall into a trap where it's like you have to go and save the world or like, like you're the one hero, but right. everybody's the but one hero. You have hero. like three other people in your party that are just other players that are also the one hero. Right. You know, like Halo, like yeah. if you're playing like Halo four player co-op on the campaign, it's like, Oh, we're all master chief. Right. We're all the sole survivor. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it seems neat. I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping back into it some more. It's, it's a pretty good, just mindless 
kind of loot grind game, but it is it is still pretty fun to play, and I'm excited to jump into it with other people. Uh, I know that on PC, I assume this stuff doesn't work across uh, across console and PC, but on PC, I know Josh said that our clan name on there is Fresh Cakes. No idea why. All right, sure. I just know that that's what I'm, it is. I'm for it. You know, whatever. I, I don't know if that's cross-platform, though. I'd, I'd have to kind of investigate that. I would be imagine surprised. not. Yeah. Especially since I'm playing on PS4, and that's a little bit, a little bit more kind of segmented off from the rest of the other ecosystems. But mm-hmm. I'll take a look at that. But it, it's it's fun. I think it's definitely worth my time so far. Um, it's kind of hard seeing, like, all of my friends who are just like, oh, well, I'm max level and ramping up my gear and doing all these raids, and I'm like, I'm level 8. What's up? I'm I got I got stuff to do, guys. Like, oh man, but it's cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking out more. It is cool. Uh, for our listeners, if you guys are looking for people to play with, uh, I know our Discord. Our Discord is a better looking for group tool than uh, even our looking for geeks <laughs> community for sure. on Facebook, yeah. uh, because you know most PC players use Discord anyway. Uh, but if you're looking for people to play with, especially on PC. Check out our Discord community, Josh, who was on here uh, just recently, two weeks ago, I want to say. Talking about the division. Talking actually. about the division. Yep. Uh, he is very active in our Discord. Yeah, he is. Uh, I feel so, like he's always talking to people in there. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. It's it's a, it's a pretty good community. So Yeah, so check that out. out. And then, uh, of course, I've tried to set something up on our Facebook page, but I just don't think we have enough uh, serious-ish players mm-hmm. on there. So I'd love to change that, mm-hmm. but uh, for sure check out our Discord. Absolutely. Um, I've also been playing a game that... Whenever this episode airs, uh, the review will actually be going live subsequently with it in the same podcast feed and on the Heroes Podcast website is a game called Overwhelm. Um, I got a review code for this uh, from a company working on behalf of the developer, and it's really cool. Um, A chill experience, you'd say? Not very challenging? not at all. Slow-paced? It's hard as fuck and (laughs) kind of terrifying, but it's, it's really cool. Um, it's one of the more interesting games that I have played in the past few years. This game did come out, uh, I think maybe last year, the year before, I think it was 2018 on PC. So it's been out for a little while, but it just recently came to the Switch, I think last Thursday or something like that. So in it, it's essentially a 2D, like indie action platformer, very like gorgeous pixel art, like very, it's... It kind reminded of almost me, 8-bit-ish it, uh, looking. kind of reminded me of Nidhogg. Like yeah, it's, it's got that kind of like Nidhogg 1 kind of, that kind of style, but mm-hmm. it's all just like deep reds. Yeah. Like the color, the only colors in the game are like red, black, and white, and just different shades of red nice. throughout that, which is really cool. It makes everything have this kind of really stylized and really anxiety-inducing look. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the premise of the game is you are this character that is referred to as a knight uh where you basically go and combat the hive and once you like go in and fight the hive uh you find out okay well i have to get these five crystals bring them back to the center it seems simple it's really not uh you have three lives and you die in one hit from anything touching you yeah um one hit one hit and you just drop and you just respawn. You have three lives. After your three lives, you just completely start your run over. Like, very kind of roguelike-ish. Do you just, like, pop up when you respawn? Like, uh, just stand back You up? go back to, like, I think the room you were at previously. Um, it's got a kind of a Metroidvania kind of feel to it. Just less mm-hmm. exploration and more, like, get to this point, get back. So once you get to the crystals, free the crystal, you fight one of the five bosses. You can fight them in any order, which is cool. 
how do you fight them? So you have to like break the crystal open by like shooting it a couple of times. Uh, you also have limited ammo, by the way. Oh, jeez. So you have 99 shots whenever you first drop in, and you have that to get to you to the boss before each boss room, and then at the place where you drop the crystals is an ammo restore crate, but it only works once. Hmm. Uh, so that adds up to five refills? Essentially, yeah. And if you die, like, I think you respawn at that point, just whatever. Uh, but you basically free the crystal by using three shots or, like, using, like, your dashing punch or your uppercut, which is essentially your double jump. And you essentially start, you just start fighting a boss, which take a lot of shots and they still kill you in one hit. They're terrifying. Are they, did you watch me play Titan Souls or have you played Titan Souls? I've played a little bit of Titan Souls. So is it similar to that? In that game, you die in one hit. Yes. Um, you In that game, all you have is one bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. Or an arrow, or one, a bow with one arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say it's kind of like that where you're trying to figure out the pattern of the enemy? Absolutely. Um, there's no, like, weak points or anything. It's just you're hitting wherever you can. Sometimes they'll go, like, invincible for a little bit. There's one that is just a giant tunnel worm, essentially, that's just burrowing through this underground that you're trapped in. Uh, which also once you go into that underground area, your vision is restricted. So you just kind of have to figure out where the worm is and then react very quickly and work your way around this series of caverns. Spooky. Uh, So once you kill the boss, uh, the crystal appears. You grab the crystal, and then at this point, in a regular roguelike where you would get like a power-up or you get like a new gun or like like a stat increase or whatever, your stats stay the same. The enemies get stronger. Oh, jeez. Yes. So it says, like, you basically pick it up and it says the hive is evolving. And you grab the crystal and you have to take that crystal and go back from the path that you took back to the center. Or you go fight another boss. Are there more enemies on your way back? There are more enemies on your way back. Or if it's just like an improved version of the enemy you've already been fighting, it's just a stronger version of that enemy. So the enemy that you usually see is like a weird just kind of spider thing. And if you touch it, you die. It jumps, but that's kind of about it. But if you kill this, like, ant-looking thing that has, like, this camouflage that's really fucking hard, uh, you essentially, like, it basically adapts, since you beat that, it adapts a skill from that boss into the enemies in the area. So, those spiders now can spit venom at you. Okay. Or there's one where you fight, let's see, there's one where you fight a... I think it's called the skull bat. It's just a bat, essentially, that essentially, it eventually turns into, like, this hornet thing that flies at you That's has this, this, like, whining moan every time it's chasing after you that really fucks with you. Uh, you, basically, that creates, there's normal, like, flying enemies, and now there's super fast flying enemies that make, mm-hmm. like, a really high-pitched, just kind of, and then you can hear them coming, and they take, like, three shots to kill. Uh... It, it's pretty fucked up. So then once you get back to the center with your crystal, then you're able to... It, re- it restores your lives if you lost any of them. But now oh, you have... Oh, that's nice. Which is nice. It's like the only favor this game does you. <laughs> and then you have to go get the rest of the four, rinse and repeat. Die once, start over. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly tough. Um, it's got some really neat horror elements to it, and it like it really makes you feel the player... Like, you're getting overwhelmed. Like, you're just... It, I felt really anxious and tense the entire time. Like, my heart was absolutely pounding when I went to fight my first boss because I had no idea what to expect. Right. Um, 
dude, every time I get to like the, well, especially the last two in Apex, like, mm. oh my gosh, win or lose, I always feel like I just ran a marathon. Sure, yeah. Like, my heart is always beating so hard in that final fight. Uh, it's it's crazy. I, yeah. I had a conversation with uh, my squad mates I really played heavily with when the game started. And both of them, one of them is just like, well, I kind of have time for the game, but I need to like chill out. So maybe I'll play more, more Hearthstone. And my other buddy's like, oh, I straight need to chill out. Like, I need to chill out yesterday. Because he's like, I don't have the time I used uh, that I used to have uh, to play. But when I do, I need to be chilling. And Apex does not make you chill. Sure. Apex is the opposite of a chill experience. You are I, constantly, you have one life mm-hmm. in, over the course of maybe 20 minutes, 15 or 20. And, uh, you know, don't mess up. Sure. And I think this game really has some, I don't think it's, nothing about this game is like outwardly scary. I think the bosses are pretty unsettling. Like there's one where you fight uh, essentially the Kraken, but in like this dark underwater cavern where you're like floating and it's just like flying at you and it's fucked up um <laughs> that seems to be like uh, your review just needs to be like overwhelmed fucked up <laughs> i don't want to say this is me like shitting on the game i think it's oh no, really no. incredible yeah not at um, all. i had a lot of fun playing it um it was incredibly engaging well, it's every just, time. i mean it's called it's called overwhelm sure and they do a very good job of doing that like for instance the first time you die um like normally you have like your screen i was playing on the switch pretty much just on handheld mode and the first time you die, your screen that you can see shrinks a little bit to this, like, kind of tunnel vision kind of look. So, like, the first out of three lives? Yeah, talking? so, like, if you're on your second life. Mm-hmm. So then once that, once you lose your second life, then it shrinks even further to the point where you can't see your ammo. You don't know how much ammo you oh, have. Oh, so it hides your HUD. Yeah, it hides, it, well, the only HUD is, like, your ammo, essentially. Okay. But it hides that. And then there's also just this really terrifying, like almost screaming white noise playing the entire time. Yeah. I Anybody who goes out and picks up this game, which I do recommend, by the way, is you absolutely need to play this game with headphones. Um, the sound design is nothing short of fucking phenomenal. You know, and, and I've had every game that I've played on the Switch mm-hmm. has really sounded good on headphones. Sure. I don't know what they got going on in there, but... Uh, I have not been disappointed by a single game that I plugged in headphones for on the Switch. Yeah, and I think I, 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 I'm going to give you my Switch and just let you check this out Well, I, at some point. All I've seen is the trailer, and yes. you've told me way more than I learned from the trailer. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, I think I asked you this before, but I don't remember the answer. So, is the map always the same? So, the map is always the same, Okay. which is kind of a nice thing. So, you can like go through and learn... Kind of like, this is usually going to be here. The enemy spawns aren't necessarily the same, but they're pretty similar. So, like, there's so not always going like to be this spider thing here, but there's going to be one around here for sure. So you can kind of learn and, like, plan around that. So it's like, in uh, Into the Breach, you know, mm-hmm. it's procedurally generated. Sure. But you can choose which area to go into, mm-hmm. and when you beat it and go to the next island in there, uh, it's the same stuff you've seen before that, you know, it's unique to each area, but now it's upgraded. Yes. And uh, I, I really like that in that game. That sounds interesting because you can, it gives you the option of kind of picking. Yeah. All right, like maybe, I, I really like this area. Maybe I want this to actually be the easy one because I want to warm up on it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe because you like that area, you want to save it for the hardest one. Yeah. Because you like, that's where you want that real challenge to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the art style. I really dig 
that retro, the pixelated look yeah. of, of games like that. And they do a very good job with this. Uh, the The enemies look really neat and very distinctive. The bosses all look great, but they're still kind of fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I am really enjoying this. Uh, I, I, I'm definitely going to go back and play a, play a few more runs here and there, um, especially now that I have beaten the game. Um, Congrats. Thanks. Um, well, kind of getting into that and kind of leading into the next topic we kind of want to talk about is there is a really good series of like difficulty options in Overwhelm. And it straight up says in Overwhelm, Overwhelm is always really hard. It is hard for some people. It is impossible for some people. If it is impossible, try these settings. And then there's an assist mode, kind of similar to Celeste, where in this one you can have infinite lives, you can have infinite ammo. Oh. Whenever you pull up your map, uh, you can it'll just pause it instead of the map just like being there while everything else is happening. Mm. You can add some aim assist to Wait, like. So which normally degree. the game persists when you look at the map. You can pause the game by pressing like the plus button, but if you pull up the map with the B button, then yeah, it just persists. Like yeah. things I, will still attack. I like that games have done that. I the first one I ever saw do that was Dead Space, and mm. that blew my mind. It's pretty cool. Like the i the idea that they like. It's so it's so much more immersive because it's the idea that your character is actually looking at a map and not your omniscient player. Sure. You know, uh, which I really liked. Uh, man, that's that's really encouraging yeah. to hear. Yeah, it's 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 really nice. Uh, there's also uh, they can chain. There's a setting that's not technically under assist mode, but it's still under the difficulty options that lets you essentially change like a f- change uh, reaction times depending on like your personal reaction times. So you can like change like. Hey, I, I am not as fast as pressing the button as this other person is, so then I'm going to like give me like a little bit of a buffer in my reaction window, mm-hmm. which is super nice and super wonderful. And yeah, that's, most games don't have that kind of yeah it, uh, flexibility. I, I was pretty impressed with kind of what I saw whenever I did see that, and I, I like that he's just like straight up, hey, this game is still really damn hard, and it sure is because I I would not have finished the game absolutely if I did not like I was playing a little bit a couple days ago and I'm like, man, like it, it felt like, cause I, I just went ahead and turn on the infinite lives. Cause I was just throwing myself at this boss and I, I lost like repeated runs with, I had like four crystals banked. I was on my last one mm-hmm. and I just kept losing it and starting over. And so I, I just turned on the infinite lives one to see how it was. And it didn't really take away from that experience as much. It, it definitely, I, I did miss seeing like the cool effects they had whenever you're on your last life. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy the fact that I could still kind of experience that struggle, but also just really streamline the process. Yeah, because that can be really tough when you, you can't get practice in because sure. yeah. it's all the way at the very end yeah. and you have to start over. When Which you, when is totally by design. This game is mm-hmm. very much like an anxiety simulator in a weird way. Um, it's designed to be, for lack of a better term, overwhelming. It, like everything about it is just like, everything is just bearing down on you. When you pause the game, there will be like... Uh, there will be like little, uh, like if you pause the game, you'll just look next to your character and you'll see an, uh, an enemy jumping at you. You unpause it. They're not there. <laughs> I like that. It's really cool. Uh, but I, I really enjoy that assist mode stuff. And that's something that's been kind of at the front of the discourse of games lately. That's been unfortunately pretty toxic of just yeah like difficulty in games versus like accessibility and how that should be handled. And I think... Uh, I, th- I think Overwhelm did the right thing here. Uh, I think 
me necessarily playing it on this or like somebody who like absolutely cannot physically play this game unless they had something like that turned on like it doesn't take away from the fact that other people still did like i saw a speed run this weekend of overwhelm in 15 minutes how long does it normally take uh a lot longer than that for me the game is not long at all you can totally beat it in like 15 minutes yeah i'm surprised actually i thought you were going to say like three minutes or something no 15 minutes is like the world record thing I saw was like 14 and a half or something like that. 15 and did minutes. They, did they the... blow their legs off like Octane? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I think that stuff, I think there is absolutely space in games that are, I guess for lack of a better term, designed to be incredibly punishing and incredibly difficult. You can still retain like the soul of that game and still make it accessible to as many people as possible. You know? The Dark Soul of that game. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh, th- there's... The, th- this is a really tricky area of gaming for me because you know that I have strong opinions on gatekeeping. Sure. And one of the first uh, communities I ever had a strong opinion on this stuff with was Dark Souls. It was the get good mentality of like, mm-hmm. hey, I am really struggling with this. Can so- like, can somebody please tell me how to get past this part? And people would just respond with get good. It's like, all right, well, thanks. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's the idea. It's like, yeah, the game is punishing, but we as a community, we as players don't have to punish each other because right. we're struggling. Right. Absolutely. You know, like struggle is the name of the game. So maybe like you can choose to help your your friends out or not. But the idea that like, oh, man, no noobs allowed. Like we all we all struggled with it. Nobody helped us. So you have to do it, too. It's like I understand the mentality of, you know, breaking out of your cocoon to become strong. But uh, at a certain point. A game can have a lot of stuff to offer that is stuck behind a barrier that you just can't get past. Sure. And, uh, you know, maybe there's, maybe you just want to beat the game. Like, you, you got all the way to the end. And maybe for somebody, they're like, okay, like, maybe I like this game and I want to continue playing it. Yeah. But I just need to beat this right now. Yeah, I feel I, like I'm doing well. I'm so close. Yeah, I, I absolutely, I feel like I might go back through and eventually try to get that just kind of quote, like, real run, even though that's really not a good thing to say. Uh, but I, I just really wanted to see, like, how that game wrapped up and how that ended. And, like, that was kind of my way to do it. And I still felt incredibly tense. Like, my heart was fucking pounding I bet. by the time I got to the end of that game. But I I, I still had infinite lives, you know? Like, it, well, it's, I, it's a thing. I think it is. I would call it a real run. I think it's just, sure. like, a difficulty setting where... Seriously, that is that is all it is. What you're doing is, okay, I... I'm ready to beat this on this difficulty. And you do. And if you then want to go back and beat it on another difficulty up, which in your case would be like the real run, right? right? Like just with assist mode turned off, essentially. Mm-hmm. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that's there, and that's a challenge that is there for you to overcome. Mm -hmm. And you will feel great for doing that because, like, you know, the game is designed for both of those things. But now you can see I'm getting better. I'm going to do it under these circumstances now. And that can be, you know, basically what you're describing with the, like, infinite lives, that's the difference between, like, a normal mode and a hard mode and a nightmare mode. Seriously. Where it's just another level of, you know, you take steps to climb stairs. You don't need to jump halfway up the staircase uh, to, to judge your ability to climb stairs. Um, yeah, so I like that it has options like that. Uh, I've spoken about Celeste in the past. Of course, that game doesn't have quite the punishing difficulty. Sure. It's still it, pretty hard, though. It's still, yeah, it's definitely not easy. Yeah. Uh, but it has plenty of ways to experience a good game uh, at your own pace. Sure. Uh, so... I'm not breaking any ground here by anything I've just said, but uh, what what gets me is like we have the opportunity as a community to uh, allow the conversation to happen, and my trouble isn't with the games, it's with the, the way that the conversations go down. Uh, like, when I was playing Dark Souls 1, I happened to be in a particularly good, small, closed community uh, that was helping me do stuff. People would crack jokes about getting good. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were really helpful because I was like, ah, I don't really want to look. I don't want to look up a wiki because I don't want to know everything. Because right. part of that game in particular, that series, are surprises and secrets and all that stuff. So I don't know. I don't want to know everything. But yo, I am struggling with this boss. I keep doing X, Y, and Z. Can somebody just give me a little pointer? And it might be as simple as, uh, maybe you're not ready for that. Go to this other place first and come back. It's like, oh, I didn't even realize that was yeah. an option. That's constructive, and that. Uh, Honestly, if I hadn't had that, I probably wouldn't have stuck with Dark Souls, but I did. And I think that's what, well, I didn't totally stick with it because I didn't beat the game. Right. But I stuck around a lot longer than I anticipated when I first picked that up because I think I played that one also because it was free, much like The Surge. Sure. Um, so anyway, I, I really enjoyed that. But uh, there's a f- totally fair conversation about what is the value of this game and if you, if the value is in the challenge, Right. It's intentionally hard. It's anxiety-inducing. Like, it is a, uh, a, a challenge, and it's a mountain to climb, so to speak. Uh, if, if they take away that challenge, does that change the value of the game? If anybody can play it, does that reduce the value of overcoming that challenge? Because now more people can do it, and before you were one of the select few who worked right. for it. I think I, I totally understand that plight. I don't, even, I don't necessarily even disagree with it, because you really feel accomplished as someone who could overcome that challenge. You really worked at it, and you did it yourself. You know, you can't press F to pay respects right. in a game like that. Um, so it does feel very good to be able to know that you, yourself, even if you got advice, even if you checked the wiki, uh, to know that you overcame that challenge. But at the same time, uh, you know, more people want to play these games, but they just need them to be a 
little more accessible. Right. Where, like, like you had said, or like the game had said, uh, for everybody this is going to be hard. For some people, it's going to be impossible. Yeah. I and, thought that was the perfect way to word that because what's a challenge for somebody who, like, just they play all of the Dark Souls games, they played through Bloodborne, like they're enjoying Sekiro, you know, like what is a challenge for them might be absolutely impossible for somebody else, you know, like people's like people's like nerves and everything like your body will not be able to play games as well the older you get but then you also have people who have disabilities you know and they just aren't able to play some of those games period Mm -hmm. but they still want to experience it because it looks really like something they would enjoy and i i think this allows it it doesn't take away the soul of the game but it still allows more inclusivity to let people come in and experience it in their own way. Yeah, I, I feel like those very challenging kinds of games are gamers' games. Like, usually people are gamers from something else, and then they come to a very challenging game like these. And uh, it makes it difficult for people to just dive in if they've never done that, because it is, but it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can be really hard to figure out, like, am I doing this wrong? Is this just a game that's designed to make me not have fun? Because uh, for some people, they haven't dipped their toe in that stuff. And uh, if they're just getting totally crushed with no light at the end of the tunnel, uh, they probably won't come back. And, you know, they the industry doesn't need to make games easier just to hold people's hands. I mean, if people like games, they'll buy them. If they don't, they won't. Sure. They'll vote with their wallets, uh, which is a, a great thing to do. If, if your game wasn't going to make the cut, then it won't make the cut. Uh, but... Like it, it's it's interesting because these games aren't like other games. Their, their difficulty almost makes them their own genre. So like Overwhelm and Dark Souls are not the same genre. They don't look the same. They don't play the same. But what they do have is very punishing difficulty. And that embodies uh, a, a sphere in gaming um, that, that a lot of, you know, The Surge and, and Bloodborne and uh, even like For Honor with its... Uh, like intense melee combat and stuff, or Sekiro and stuff. There are a lot of those, totally not the same games. They can have similarities, but it's the challenge that really makes them unique. And so I totally hear the argument of, if these are unique because they're so difficult, why would you take away the one thing that makes them unique like that? Um, And to that end, that's why I don't think developers should be pressured into making their games any easier i think you know people will will vote with their wallets and if if more games like underwhelm i keep saying that because of undertale in my head uh because of overwhelm if more games like overwhelm come out get positive reception people really like those more developers will create more games like that and i hope they continue to do that yeah it it seemed uh that seemed to be getting like a fair amount of traction from the interactions i saw on twitter like a lot of people like tweeting at the developer like hey this is really really great like we really appreciate you having that in there and i think overwhelm honestly to me because there was like the big kind of uh discourse about all of this stuff kind of hit a fruition whenever people were just like hey sekiro is fucking hard because it is it's it's a it's a very tough game Mm -hmm. but uh, a lot of people just saying like this game wouldn't be able to exist with any sort of assist mode and i think that just based on my experience with that kind of assist mode in Overwhelm and just playing as much of it as I did without the assist mode turned on, the soul of the game is still there. I think that game still retains that very overwhelming experience, this like very anxiety, almost just sheer panic and terror 
it retains all of that, but it like kind of, it just, it makes it more accessible. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important to consider. I don't think that, I think once you get into just saying like, we need to make our game easier to like cater to people who can't play it, I think that's kind of like the wrong discussion to be having. I, I, think I don't think the games that exist now need to be easier. There is clearly a need, like mm-hmm. people want, there's a demand for games like those, but a little bit easier. So we don't need to change the ones we've got. We need to add new ones that offer something new, like Overwhelm, mm-hmm. uh, that can fill a space that people clearly want. There, we don't have to get rid of anything we've had in the past. Just add more. I don't even know if you necessarily need to make them easier. Because I, I wouldn't say that me playing You're Overwhelm right. would that. Yeah, even would... that, like it's hard to even talk about it because sure. uh, yeah, the changes can be so incremental, like you're describing. Like Even in Celeste, you look at the... Um, I, I only bring that up because I'm more familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, assist mode, I just, before I, like I researched it, but I didn't fully understand it until I uh, played it myself. I thought assist mode was just going to be like, hey, you get unlimited jumps. But it was, you can get unlimited jumps. You can uh, no longer take damage from enemies or the environment. Mm-hmm. You can uh, slow, you can slow the game down. So it's just in, in slow motion. So you can change your reaction time. Uh, those were all little ways where you could custom, like you customize the difficulty yeah. specifically to what you struggled with and what you were looking for in yeah, that absolutely. game. And like me, you know, ideas with like a Dark Souls is maybe it's the exact same game except when you die, you only lose half of your souls. You know, they're not making the fights easier. Yeah, or make that like one of the possible options. Like there was one saying, there was like something going around saying Sekiro would be able to include this if you had like a you know, like if you could just revive yourself infinite times, mm-hmm. like you're still in that combat and you're still like playing that game and like engaging with those very tough and very tight systems. But like just the kind of edge is taken off a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It, uh, there, there's just, there's a lot of room for a lot of very small changes. I think uh, improvements that, uh, like I said, I think people are really asking for, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I I've pretty much said my piece on it. What does bother me mm-hmm. is the like the headlines and the articles that I've read that are so polarizing or polarized. I mm-hmm. should say, like one said, uh, Sekiro is not a great game because it's too hard, or it was like Sekiro needs to come out with an easier mode mm-hmm. or something. And I was like, man, that's just no, no, they don't. Like maybe that's just not your game. Like I, I just I don't like the idea that the game is is so hard that the only way that it could be enjoyable is if you change the product. Like there are plenty of people who do like games like that. Like there are plenty of people who were really enjoying Sekiro right now. Ironically, my friend who quit playing or you know took a break from Apex because it was too stressful, he's playing Sekiro now, <laughs> and I'm like, man, you're a masochist here. But uh, but he's really enjoying it because you know for him. Apex, he can't control. There's no difficulty there. Uh, and you're constantly under under pressure. Sure. Uh, and then Sekiro, yeah, it's very difficult, but he's the only person he controls. And to him, that's like therapeutic in a way. Like that's a game sure. under his own uh, conditions. But the idea that he needed something more relaxing and he went to a brutally difficult game speaks to how different people enjoy the difficulty in games uh, in totally different ways. Sure. You know, because where somebody plays that exact same game he had and they're nothing but stressed out, he'll play that to relax. 
Uh, so I, I really don't like the planting your feet saying this is unacceptable sure. unless there's an assist. I, I think, honestly, like there, I don't think there's going to be any sort of right answer to what is good and what isn't good. I think ultimately just what needs to happen is people just need to fucking talk to each other. Like people need to just be like, they need to be understanding of like these people maybe may not be able to like play or enjoy this game, but they really like to. And I think if a developer is like receptive to that, that's going to garner not a lot, not only a lot of goodwill, but these people would be able to have that kind of nice experience. But also just saying like, I'm not saying that this is what you're saying specifically, but saying that, oh, well, this would be better if it had an easy mode. I think that's kind of a reductive statement. I think you need to be kind of a little bit more specific with what you're saying. Like, this is something that I am struggling with. This is something that I would like help with. And I think if there's just kind of that two-way conversation going and like just kind of that understanding, I think Mm -hmm. that would definitely be really beneficial for just kind of everyone involved, really. Because yeah. I think the more people we have playing games, the better they're going to be, just full stop, you know? Totally. And and when you bring people in the fold, so like uh, Overwhelm, I almost called it the wrong name again. Uh, Overwhelm is clearly an indie game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that this is dipping its toe in, an, in a genre that's pretty rigid. Uh, and as an indie developer, somebody who's in charge of their own thing, uh, they're able to do that with a lower risk. You know, I'd say that, but making an indie game is not without right, a huge risk. Right, yeah. uh, but, you know, you're not a triple-A game. You know, you're not trying to make the next Dark Souls except with all this totally brand new stuff. Uh, I, I think looking at, like, uh, indie developers in general and the philosophy of developing as an independent creator uh, is very nice because you can do things like this. You play these, you play games in general, you decide that you want to make a game, and then you can make exactly the game that you want as a small studio um, so when when a game like Overwhelm has success like this, it's inspiring to the current and the next generation of developers and gamers. And so uh, I, this sounds great. I definitely want to check this out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope this inspires people to make more games like it because honestly, it seems like uh, an area of the market that isn't big enough. Um, definitely everything you've said appeals to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really fucking cool game. Uh, my review will be posted, like I said, as of this episode going live. So definitely go check that out on heroespodcast.com or the audio version in the same feed if you don't have time to read it. Like, I never do, but mm-hmm. I'm writing it. So, yeah. Uh, well, we've been talking for a while. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll come right back and get into a little bit of news. Cool. The Heroes Podcast Network is expanding with a brand new show. Kaiju Curry House. Three guys from the UK will be bringing you a fortnightly show premiering on the 9th of April 2019. Our show will be discussing everything relating to Kaiju, our childhood memories of discovering Kaiju, our hopes of upcoming Kaiju movies, where to get merchandise, lesser known Kaiju movies, games that star giant monsters, comics, books, TV shows, art. Did I miss anything? So, we invite you to listen to our ramblings, embrace your love of Kaiju, and be part of the show. Drop us a line on Twitter at UK Kaiju and support us at patreon.com forward slash heroes podcasts. And we're back. Uh, so, hey, guess what, Thomas? What's up? Borderlands 3 got announced. Beep, beep, beep. Fucking finally. Yeah. <laughs> like, easily the worst kept secret in, like, video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've been kind of leaning into the fact that they're working on a Borderlands project that may or may not be Borderlands 3. And right. They, they finally announced it at PAX East. Uh, I guess now a couple weekends ago. Time is a blur. Nothing makes sense anymore. Agreed. Um, yeah, it, uh, I'm 
I'm kind of a little bit far enough removed from the Borderlands games. I played the absolute crap out of the first two. Didn't touch the pre-sequel, but uh, I, I think I'm like far enough removed to where I just really am ready for Borderlands again. I, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in the trailer. Uh, I saw people online, they're like, I don't know, man, doesn't look that great. I was like, did you watch the same trailer? I thought that looked dope. Uh, I saw that. I'm interested in getting it, but mm-hmm. uh, Lizzie and I, I can't remember if I've said this on the show, so sorry if I'm repeating myself. Uh, the lady and I have played through, played probably through like two thirds of the first one. Uh, she really enjoyed it. I kind of bounced off of it because Bullet Spongy, it bugged the heck out of me. Right. Yeah. Um, but there was a ton of stuff I did like about it. So we fell off of it because of me. Uh, so I know that she still wants to play that stuff. The re I got to get my facts straight on this. The remaster exists and the handsome, the handsome, handsome Jack, the handsome collection, handsome is collection, like two and the pre-sequel and all the DLC for both of them. Yes. So the handsome bundle is super on sale right now until tomorrow. So by the time of this recording, mm-hmm. it'll be over. But, uh, I think we're going to get that because I want to give it another shot. Uh, especially cause like she was really into it. Uh, Borderlands 3 said that you can play up to four people and you each get your own loot, which is pretty Yeah, that's, that's a really nice thing. That was kind of a big struggle I had in the first one, in the first two. Because I would play with a bunch of friends, but I'm like, man, like, I, I hope want, we I don't, I hope we don't get any good shit. Right. I want the good shit. So I want to play through the series with her, with just the two of us. But at the same time, because I don't think I care enough about the story or know enough about the story to know if I should care, uh, might play one with her while simultaneously playing three uh, with a group of four. I'd love to find maybe another couple or maybe a couple of my buddies. Hey, what's up? How's it going? We playing? Sure, let's do it. That'd be pretty fun. Great. Kind of in September. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that really would be great because uh, it's a fun, like, uh, that's the first game that Lizzie was ever really like, yeah, I want to try this out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is the, okay, they yeah. They have like a really it. just, those games are dumb as hell, but I think they lean into it in they a really do. good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, they're like super colorful. Like the art style definitely has like a pop. You look at it and you know yeah, immediately that, that it's Borderlands. Totally. You know? Yeah, I really like that stuff. Um, I liked exploring the environments. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the only issue I had was just bullet spongy stuff that you get in loot shooters yeah and i i kind of ran into that a little bit on borderlands 2 uh, especially because once you beat the game the first time you go back through again where like the level caps are like raised and all that stuff and everything's way harder but uh, the thing the problem i always had with the first two is that harder difficulty for those games is just the enemies have more health and deal more damage right the and numbers are bigger exactly and it, it got a little bit too much of it, it turned into way too much of a grind Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really just kind of thinking like, I'm excited for Borderlands three, but I am wondering if that game comes out and is just more like Borderlands two or like more Borderlands one, I wonder how successful that game is going to be in like the current, like games ecosystem because mm-hmm. Borderlands two came out like, like 2012, I think maybe. And the pre-sequel I know was a different studio, but that was essentially just, more Borderlands 2 with a few extra like tweaks here and there. That, with, like, that's in the handsome bundle, right? Because it's yes. in handsome jacket in that game. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, but loot like loot shooters have come a long way since mm-hmm. that. Like that all these games were all pre-Destiny, you know, which kind of 
really brought that into a big like the big forefront of like this is what modern online pve shooters are now you know yeah like borderlands is the og loot shooter right it's it's the one that made it big at least in my mind there's probably there's i would say there's definitely maybe one or two that came before it but it was the one that really just kind of exploded onto the scene you know yeah uh i don't know i'm i'm i am hesitantly very excited if that makes any sense yeah uh i mean it's very easy to feel that way about any triple a title especially something that's been around as long because like you said uh like i i just i don't know what the ecosystem looks like for everybody i know how i feel about it I, i have a buddy who as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Like, Borderlands is his favorite series of all time. He has a dope vault symbol tattoo, bright orange, on his chest. That's rad as hell. It's really I'm not going to lie to you. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll find you pictures of time. It is very dope. He's got... uh, I won't say his name, but uh, he's got a vault tattoo. He's got uh, a big daddy from Bioshock nice. uh, on on the front of his shoulder, and then on the other shoulder, he's got the uh, the chainsaw gun from Gears of War. Nice and nice. man, pretty sick. It's, it's pretty sick. So uh, yeah, he he absolutely loved the, loves those games. He's played them in and out. So I've got guys like him who are super fans. I mean, he is the biggest Borderlands fan I've ever met. Uh, and then you've got a guy like me who. Like, casual's not even the right word because I've barely even played it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've played a bunch of hours of the first one. Definitely didn't beat it, though. Haven't touched any of the other You're games. You're just not really into it. Yeah, I like, mean... you're playing it because it's, it's, like, it's fun. You know, it's, like, Borderlands are good comfort food games. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're good just, like, I'm just going to mindlessly go around, you know, shoot some skags, drive a car with a dude yelling at me to catch a ride, you know? And it feels nice because uh, something... This this might be a silly thing to really like, but I like that if I set my controller down and walk away from the TV, uh, my partner is not limited in their mobility. Like sure. they can just go off because they're on their own separate sc- separate screen. Right. Um, so it really feels like you're exploring a world because I'm not just tethered to the same screen as someone else. Not that shooters have ever done that the way like isometric games do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that stuff's super cool, and um, I, I'm interested to see what they do change because to that extent. Uh, I think of Diablo 3, right? I, I jumped into Diablo 3 almost three years after it came out. So I know that I am not your uh, typical consumer. Mm-hmm. I, I am not in a big hurry to buy new games most of the time. I wait for st- I mean, I literally wait years for a game to go on sale. And then I'm like, oh, man, have you guys played Diablo 3? Oh, you all have? Oh, okay. You know, uh, I'm kind of in a weird spot, but I'm happy with it. That just means that I'm uh, not necessarily out of touch, but not in sync Right. With a lot of the consumer market. So, uh, like Diablo 3, it did a cool thing, like I had just said, where when you AFK in that game, 
your character will either walk along to follow whoever is moving. Oh, really? I or they'll teleport. That's it's pretty rad. It's so useful. Uh, when I played that for the very first time this past December, uh, there were two of us playing, and then his girlfriend joined for the next session we were playing, and she was falling asleep. Uh, so she would fall asleep, and we would chuckle because you could tell she's just clearly standing still. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have to wake her up because we could still keep playing. That's really cool. Yeah, it was great. And then in that game, uh, I don't remember how deaths work in that game, but it wasn't very penalizing. To in Borderlands? No, in Diablo. Diablo. Uh, to die. Certainly, we weren't in any huge danger. This is all just to say that uh, it, it made it very accommodating to play as a team. Like, I never felt like I was being... Uh, I, I never felt like my hands were tied because I was playing with other people. There was like it, it was not restrictive at all. Uh, and I did play a ton of Diablo 2, and that could feel restricting because even though you could go separately, you definitely weren't playing on the same screen the way that uh, you do playing Diablo on Switch, right? Right. right. Um, but in that game, you can't see a whole lot. Like you can go to your separate separate places, but uh, like let's say you're playing online Diablo 2. Uh, you're probably killing people quickly enough that by the time you catch up to your friend, he's already moving on from the fight he just did because it lasted five seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so like with Borderlands, the fights last long enough that when you roll up, you're really fighting together. You're not just fighting like one pack of enemies and then you walk a few sure. feet and then another pack of enemies. Sure. Um, so anyway, this is just to say that Diablo two or Diablo changed a lot from two to three in a lot of uh, positive ways. There are plenty of valid criticisms uh, about that game that people have. Um, I hope to see changes like that in Borderlands 3. I hope. Yeah, I'd, I'd like you to. And I think a lot of the stuff that I was thinking of is a lot more surface level, uh, not necessarily just kind of like how the game plays and like those kind of systems built in and like how the multiplayer would work, which would be good to know. We don't really know a whole lot right now. We just kind of have a release date and some cool trailers. <laughs> but uh, what's new? The, right. The right. games industry, am I right? <laughs> um, yeah, I... I know, like, Borderlands 2, like, was a game where there's, like, hey, you can customize your person, but it was just, like, different colors, and then you could, like, change their head, but that was it. But now, mm-hmm. like, part of the appeal of, like, The Division and, like, uh, I was about to say Fortnite, but Destiny, uh, like, part of the appeal of those games is showing off how fucking cool your character looks. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I'm a little concerned that they're still, like, tying... Like, you play this character with this kind of skill set, because I'm wondering just kind of what kind of customization you're going to have, at least, like, cosmetically. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of hope it's not the same thing, because that was just really boring. Like, I could be, like, if I was playing uh, Borderlands 2, I could be, I don't remember any of their names, uh, but I could be Red Soldier, or Purple Soldier, <laughs> or, like, a Green Soldier, or, right. like, Yellow and Blue Soldier, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it, it was just a little, it fell flat, and it... It, like I know a lot of the appeal of that game is the guns and the cool guns, but it would be unique if yeah. you could. Uh, I mean, the the franchise is old enough that this is not how this would work. Uh, but if you could carry your own character through that, sure, you know, Mass yeah. Effect style, where it's like, oh, you can change your gender, you can change your color, you can change your outfit, you can maybe change your voice, right? Because uh, that would be cool. It's not practical with the way, especially with the story they tell. Yeah, uh, but also because you're playing like actual characters, and also mm-hmm. uh, light spoilers: some of them are no longer with us. Yeah, uh, that would be weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna play Ghost. Spoiler. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, I, I'm I, back. I'm I'm I am tentatively very excited for it. I've been 
really hoping they were just going to go ahead and announce this because I've really just been wanting to play Borderlands, but I don't want to go back to the other ones because I'll just burn myself out before I'll just burn myself out again before this one comes out. Yeah, that's also why I'm not in a hurry to beat all the other games and then play three. Sure. If I'm hot on it, then I'm hot on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play it. But if I if I tried to sink all the hours to beat all those games, by the time I got to three, my friends wouldn't even be playing anymore. And probably I'd be like, okay, well, I I, yeah. I just played There's know, just 60 hours of this thing. There's just too many games. You a know? lot of games, like, There's just a lot of video games. I was watching a really good like uh, video essay. Uh, shout out to OK Beast, by the way. They're really great. Go check them out. Uh, I was watching a really good video Odyssey, uh, essay. I see. I don't know what was happening there. I'm exhausted. Um, Odyssey. They did, yeah. Uh, they did a video essay on games as a service and how there's just too fucking many of them, and it's it's like the idea yeah. of a Steam library is now across the entire industry. Sure. Where there is even, I mean, I told you, I I have God of War, the the newest one, sitting uninstalled on my PlayStation because I know that the day that I really want something brand spanking new. Uh, you know, new to me, mm-hmm. then I can just boot that up and I've got it ready to go. But right now, this amazing game is sitting totally untouched on my hard drive. Uh, you know, the way that people buy Steam games and, you know, they own 75% of a library that they're never going to play. They're never even going to boot up. Uh, there's just, there's so much out there and there's so much good stuff. Seriously. It's just difficult to figure out uh, how much time you have, right. what, what you're specifically in the mood for. And, and especially since so many of them are like, Hey, well, you'll play this like Destiny, for instance. You'll play this for a while. You'll like binge it over a weekend or like a like a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and then there's no more content for a little while, mm-hmm. and then you just come back, and it's still kind of persistently there. It's exhausting because right. I think that stuff is really cool and works really well, but there's just so many other games that I'd love to spend time on right, that I can't really kind of dedicate like... themselves. I can't really dedicate my time to a game like that outside of anything but like the launch window. Right. Uh, it's there, There's a good article. Um, I can't remember if this was when Destiny 2 came out. Probably was. But uh, there's a really good article about how MMOs, but especially like Destiny, are, it's basically capitalism the game. Oh, the, entirely. The idea is that you're constantly grinding for uh, a moving finish line, and you never just beat the game. Like, you never do one thing, and you're like, ah, I did it, and then you see the final cutscene, and then the game's over. Uh, it is a persistent world with new goals, new things, uh, whether it's like vanity items or the best loot or, you know, maybe you got the best loot, but now you want all the loot. Right. Uh, there's there's just so much to do. So, uh, you know, it's a totally different. What are you going into it for? Right. Are you going in here to complete a thing or are you going in here because you like the grind? And if you play a game where you like the grind, you're likely to spend much, much more time uh, for what is arguably less payoff, but really the payoff depends on you as a right. gamer. It's 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 whatever you want to get out of it, mm-hmm. absolutely. But it's, man, you just have to have a lot of time yeah, to play a game I, like that. I feel like it, I, I've always noticed that that was kind of going on, but it didn't really click with me until I, like until very recently, like I was playing Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 5 which is fucking great. Um, I have a review of that also, my first review. Yeah. Uh, which is in this feed. You can go uh, check that out. I, I want to say I listened to that a couple days ago because, uh, like many people, even if an article is short and sweet, I 
I, I mean, I listen to podcasts because I can do it while I'm doing something else. I can, sure. I can do it while I'm cooking. I can do it while I'm driving. Yeah. And this thing is like just a little seven minute audio thing that yeah. I put together. That's just literally me reading that review. So it was perfect. It's, it's great. Cause I was able, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I saw I saw it go up and I Not was to like toot my own horn or anything. Well, I thought it was good. Well, I I really like that. Uh, the first time I ever saw that was Austin Walker on Waypoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight up, he had um, a review or an article, an opinion piece about loot boxes, and I clicked the article and I was like, oh man, I, I know I'm not going to read this, but I'm really interested in what it says. And then he it says in the article, it's like, hey, if you don't want to read this, check out the audio version here. And I clicked it and I was like, oh my god, it's great. this is amazing because you really can, great. I, he may have. It may have even been like a 30 or maybe even like a 45 minute. I, I don't know. Talked about it for a while, but I was like, time's not my issue. It's just that I can't read and drive at the same right. time. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that you did that. Uh, and I'm glad that is a thing. That yeah, I can I'm, I'm having fun doing it. I'm going to do the same thing with Overwhelm. That'll be up, uh, like I said, as of this recording. Uh, but, yeah, it, it made me really appreciate just here is this game with this experience. There is a clear beginning and an end. And I did my time with it. I got what I wanted out of it. And then I'm okay with moving on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Similar how I was with like God of War or like back even further, like Horizon Zero Dawn or something like that. Like a game that has like a clear start and end point is really kind of nice. And I feel like it's becoming like a rarity nowadays, which is really interesting. There was that time for a little bit where people were saying single player is dead. Yeah, I... I, I don't. I don't think well, that's. Yeah, and yeah. then you turn around, and Horizon came out, Breath of the Wild came out, God of right. War came out. Uh, I mean, game after game of fantastic single player content came out. There it's has like, been some of the best single player games I think ever made, made in the past like three years. Uh, the past, past the point when people said single player games were dead. Like totally. it's, it's genuinely incredible. Video games are fucking cool. Well, there's so much space. There are so many creators and so many consumers. Absolutely. That like it, it's like. Uh, I, I'm going to say this every time this comes up, so I apologize in advance. But it's like when people say that there's not, there's just not a lot of good music these days. Right. It's like that is the most asinine thing you could I possibly completely say. Completely agree with you. Because there's so much that you don't know about. Like maybe you don't think mainstream like pop is very good. Okay. There's other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's more accessible. Just get the Spotify account. Like, there's they make more a playlist being made. for you. Right. It's like there's more they being the made for you. than ever before. There are more ways to access it than ever right, before. Right. And we still have access to all of the old stuff. Right. So, if you don't want to listen to the new stuff, you don't have to. And you can find more old stuff than you ever even could back when it was made. Sure. That applies to music. That applies to video games. I never owned an Atari. But there are ways that I can play Atari games mm-hmm. you know, through emulators and stuff. So uh, there is so much space in the games industry for more. you know, And, and there's... So many people asking for so many different things, just like with the difficulty, uh, the idea of difficulty in gaming. There are so many consumers who are like, hey, that thing that exists is great, but it'd be pretty cool if this other thing also existed. You know, and so you get overwhelmed. You get Celeste with uh, a system and stuff. Uh, it's just interesting to see how much stuff can, like quality content. Before, I, I felt like my issue was... Um, I've got the X amount of dollars. Let's say I've got enough money for one AAA game this year. I need to figure out which one I'm going to get. And it would usually be like, oh, it'll be Skyrim. Because it's a sure thing. Mm-hmm. I, knew, I know I'm going to like Or like it. a lot of people like just buy Call of Duty. But now mm-hmm. like Fortnite is free. You know, like it's it's just kind of cool. There's, there's something for everyone now. There is. But my issue, just like Steam, is uh, now if I'm not in a hurry to buy the new $60 game, I'll buy the old $60 game. 
you know, I'll buy God of War. I'll mm. buy Horizon Zero Dawn. I think I got that for $17. Yeah. So now my issue is not I cannot afford quality games. Now my issue is I can afford these games when they go on sale. I have too many of them. Now I have to figure out, mm-hmm. I have to reevaluate uh, the way that I'm going to play these games because I've got all these amazing single-player games, but then here I am playing Apex, <laughs> you know? So, uh, I don't know, it's a fantastic problem to have. I'm just so glad there's so much stuff out there. Yeah, same. You know, we could have 10 guests on the it's podcast. A good, it's a good problem to have, it's a, it's a fantastic problem. We could have 10 people on the podcast, and all 10 of them could talk about 10 totally different games and 10 totally different ways to like those games. Sure. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, also, like, the, if there's anything good that comes from uh, the connectivity of the internet in the gaming age is uh, that people can express what they want in a positive way, even though they don't always do that. Hopefully, Hopefully. in a positive way. Uh, but people can be like, hey, you know, for, especially for indie developers, they can, on Twitter, reach out and specifically be like, hey, I re- really like this specific thing you did. Um, or, or even like Apex is not small at all. Mm-hmm. But when the game first released, there were people like, hey, just letting you know, I had a little bug. Here's some, here, here's like actual feedback to help fix it. And the team would actually respond to you. And that's a cool thing to be able to communicate that because uh, it just makes the industry better. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you're not just hitting submit on a form. That you may or may not get a response to. Right. right. And they may not even, you know, oh, we got 10 just like it. Scrap that one. Sure. Uh, anyway, I just, I like that there are so many positive outcomes for connecting people uh in the age of, of information, there's just so much out there. So many games, so many shows. So many shows. So, man, I'm all about it. Yeah, me too. Uh, hey, speaking of so many shows, yeah, uh, I'm really sidestepping you here. That's okay. Uh, we do have, so Cam, you're doing these uh, reviews. You're yes. doing the written reviews and the audio reviews. Yeah, it should go up at the same time for both. So yes. Devil May Cry came out this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh Oh, under oh, overwhelm, overwhelm, overwhelm will be out uh, at the time of this recording. Yeah. Right? So this Wednesday, the whatever day that is, tenth, tenth, when cool. is it? Wednesday, tenth. And uh, so that's the thing that exists. Uh, we have challenge mode, which is the new podcast by uh, you, myself, and our friend Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be a regular thing. It'll be every two weeks. It'll be in this feed, so yes. you don't have to subscribe to anything new. Gamer Heroes isn't recording any less because of it, uh, but. Uh, Gamer Heroes will still be out on Wednesdays. Yeah, it's, it's going to be just kind of a more topical, less topical, excuse me, kind of deep dive research fun show. Like the, the stuff we can do with it is pretty great. It's I, I described it to people as kind of smart, but also incredibly dumb. So I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited about it. That those, those first three episodes that we recorded, are they were, they were fun to record. They were sure. a lot of fun uh, because like the only bad thing about talking about news is that you have to talk about the news. Right. And you might have something you're sitting on that you're really excited about, uh, you know, that would be like a, an opinion piece in your head. Sure. Um, th- but it's hard to cover all that stuff in a news podcast without talking for six hours, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, yeah, that stuff's cool. Uh, Challenge Mode is going to release every other Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, do, do we have a – well, um, we'll figure out when yeah. reviews continue to go up in the yeah. future. Yeah, they're, they're just – I think they're probably going to be going forward more of a weekend thing as well. Cool. Um, maybe if I have them, they'll alternate between challenge mode and that. But who knows? It's it, if they both go at the same time, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm excited for that. Uh, that stuff's really fun, and I'm excited to do even more. Same. Audio stuff. It's I'm 
I'm having a lot of fun doing it and uh, having a lot of fun hanging out with you, Thomas. Oh, heck, man. Yeah. Nice well, hanging out with you, too. Well, uh, that's going to do it for the show this week. Uh, thanks for stopping by. If you like what you heard, uh, consider kick- kicking us a buck or 12 at patreon.com slash heroespodcasts to help the show and network grow to do even cooler stuff. Uh, if you can't contribute financially, that's all right. Uh, just share the show with a friend or rate or review us on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, if you got any questions or want to tell us how much you just absolutely love our voices, uh, hit us up on Twitter at GamerHeroesPod, and your submissions just might make the show. Uh, you can find my tweets at TheCandyMan, or keep up with what us GGKC folk are up to at GG underscore KC underscore City, or GG-KC.com, or just come hang out in our Facebook group. Just search for Looking for Geeks GGKC. Also check out our Discord. I forgot to write that one down. One of those places will point you towards the uh, Yeah, we're, they're all connected. Another thing is uh, we've got the Wednesday Weekly where yes. I played The Surge and I need to upload that to YouTube so it's more permanent. Um, but every Wednesday we get together, I hope to stream more content from there because I think this uh, this week I'm going to play the Conan Exiles game. Oh, fun. Which is also free on PlayStation. So if you'd like more content like that, uh, if you consume that stuff the way I do, just throw it up in the background while you're, you're doing something else. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to to really put out a lot more a lot more stuff. Same, it's fun to same. make. It's a uh, it is fun to make things. Hmm. Turns out, indeed. So, uh, uh, on behalf of uh, Thomas and myself, uh, you are doing great. We are so proud of you, and we'll see you next week. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.